Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell. The king of DC media. Good evening, ladies and gents. Tonight, my guests are Par Junija, Katie Wickland, and Anya Boone from the Pulitzer Prize-winning play Disgraced by Pakistani playwright Ayad Akhtar. Disgraced ran recently at Compass Rose Theater in Annapolis, and there's a possibility that it could be nominated for a Helen Hayes Award. To find out more about Compass Rose Theater or to volunteer, Call 410-980-6662 or email them at office at compassrosetheater.org. The place centers around a testy political evening in the Upper East Side Manhattan apartment of a Pakistani lawyer named Amir. Um, that's Amir, played by Parr, and his American artist wife, Emily, played by Katie Wickland. Now, Parr has been on TV shows uh, such as Saints and Sinners and NCIS New Orleans and has a comedy background. Katie Wickland has appeared recently at Silver Spring Stage in a show called Wit, and Anya has appeared in the D.C. Women's Theater Festival and is a winner of the Manhattan Monologue 32nd Slam. She also helped arrange this interview. So I see that uh, Par, Anya, and Katie are on the line. So what I'm going to do here, folks, is go ahead and bring them on the air. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hi. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Now, Par, I'm going to... Plunge right in, and uh, I'm going to pick on you first. So talk about okay. uh, how much you identify with your character, Amir, in this show. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I would say that, um, I mean, there are some things and uh, some commonalities. You know, there's always an identity struggle. But I actually always said, even during the talk facts, I said that this is a hard character to play because I – actually found myself a lot of times playing a character that I did not agree with 90% of the time. Some of the things he said, some of the things he did, um, which is interesting because when we had the talkbacks or even when we had discussions with the cast, a lot of people sort of understood where he was coming from or sort of felt bad for him at the end. But for me, I was like, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was an interesting experience having to play someone that I vehemently disagree with on a wide variety of things. And his whole sort of worldview and strategy of going about life to try to get what he wants. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting character. He 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 really assimilates a lot in a lot of different ways. So, Anya, so now, do you agree with some of the choices Jory made? I mean, like, her her big thing is uh, 
that quote she had in her house about if faced with choosing justice mm-hmm. over order, I choose order. So, I mean, what do you think about that? So I don't agree with that. I'm all for justice and all for making sure that um, everyone's needs are met um, in the right way, and, and I'm very um, much on the moral side of things. So I didn't agree with some of the choices that Jory made, but I do think that she was the most realistic and practical and um, very business-minded and career-driven. So those were the attributes that I liked about her. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, um, now Katie, now, uh, do you think that Emily, your character, agrees with Amir more or his nephew Abe uh, by the end of the play? Oh, um, I think, oh my gosh, I'm not sure. I think she, she has, by the end of the play, um, certainly had some very harsh realities sort of descend upon her. Um, and is, I think, more aligned with, with sort of what Amir has been spouting and saying than she had at any point. Um, earlier in the play, you know, I think she's at the end of the play still like very much in a sort of uh, like ideological crisis. She's like realized how she's really missed a lot of things and sort of either not seen or turned her or turned away from um, some of the more difficult um, realities of, of a person who is you know, in this country and either, you know, from a a background that is like quote unquote other. Um and I, I don't know I don't know that she she really has a sense of, of where she is. I just think she knows that she has been very wrong for, for a long period of time. Yeah, it's quite a journey that these characters take. It it's really amazing. So that leads me to my next question about uh, director uh, James Bunzel, Bunsley, I'm sorry. So now, Par, um, talk about what insights that uh, he brought to the script. Uh, well, I mean, he was a, a great director to work with, just to start. And then um, when we were discussing the character, um, I think we were always able to stop. And so, like I said earlier, I was having a hard time sort of you know, because when you're playing someone, even if you disagree with them, you have to bring some part of it to, you know, to understand or to, like, to play it well. You have to take your si- character side in some ways. So I think um, he was able to bring a sort of, I think, neutral understanding or, like, an outsider's understanding of, like, well, let's see why he did these things. Or is, you know, or or it, does he have a point? Or is there something, you know, that is going on that may have, you know, pushed him to a certain point. And to be honest, I, I did see, I mean, he did have a hard time at work. He, you know, he did have to, he did have to face some questioning about where he's from and, you know, what did he put on his birth certificate and what name he goes by. And so I think working with uh, James Bunsley in that way, I think when we were able to have those discussions openly and um, uh, without hesitation, there was never any like, you know, cause we're, we're in the play that's like, dealing with some pretty sensitive things. We never, I think, danced around anything or said we're not going to discuss something. I think the best thing about him and what he did was he made it an environment where 
we could discuss all these things openly, not only what the characters are, but all the issues they were talking about. Because uh, you have to be comfortable to talk about it in order to do this play, like, well. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Anya, um, now what's been some of the audience reaction to the show? A lot of the audience reaction to the show, um, as far as from my perspective, um, once I enter the stage with my husband Isaac, um, has been a lot of um, like laughter at certain times at like the ups and downs of Isaac and I's marriage, which so clearly is shattered a bit, and you can tell that it's very tense. Um, and I also see a lot of times where I kind of come down on him. Sometimes the audience will, um, it, it's almost like funny to them. So I don't know if some people can relate or understand um, just some of the glitches with husbands and wives, um, but I think that it can be very funny and relatable. Um, I do feel like it gets, it's a huge shift when um, at the end of the play, um, at the end of the scene, scene three, um, when Amir um, says, an, uh, you know, a very harsh word to me, calls me out of my name, um, I think that the audience is shocked, but they don't say anything. It's not even a gasp. I think um, it is a shock, though, um, that the play has taken a turn for the worse in that regard, that I guess my coworker would say something um, that far off his character to me. So, um I think it starts off as fun and lighthearted, and then I think the audience really realizes that things go left very quickly, um, and the room gets very, very tight. Yeah, it 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 it, it really takes off like a rocket as it, as it goes on. It's it's really intense. So now, um, Katie, I'm going to go back to you. So, going through this play in the in the rehearsal process, I mean, what's some of the things? If anything, uh, this play has taught you. Mm, um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think it, it's reinforced a lot of things that that, or at least enhanced things that I'm, you know, I'm sort of learning, you know, as as I go through life and and meet new people and end up in different situations. You know that even you know, especially sort of from the point of view of my own character, when people can have either the best of intentions or even like neutral intentions, but without sort of a wider conscientiousness or understanding of, of you know, people who are different can, can still do harm and still cause pain and create issues. Um, and that sort of reinforced this idea that we just need to listen to each other and 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 not assume and not judge and and try to really actively hear you know what what people are saying especially when it's different and it's 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 not what you what you understand to be true. Yeah, yeah, man, there's just so much in this play, and it's only ninety minutes, but it's like there's no intermission; it just goes right straight through, and it's very. God, it's just the tension is just so so much as it goes on. So, Par, I'm gonna go back to you. So, in this rehearsal process, so um, so your director uh, James, so what was his approach? I mean, did he do much with French scenes, or did he have to go straight through, or 
I mean, how did he? How was he able to help build that tension during the rehearsal process? Well, I mean, we always started with you know a read through, and then we you know discussed um, how we felt, what we think was going on, and then we did. I think I think the first time we just kind of were like flying through it because we did have two weeks to put this together, which is which is a very ambitious amount of time to do it in. And uh, wow. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, and uh, I, we did, we did uh, go see my scenes. Sometimes we did go through. We did work a lot on that third scene. Um, yeah, and that did get the most time. Obviously, it's gonna get the most time. The other scenes were worked on, but you know, scene one and two, you know, things are still the problem hasn't you know hit the roof. It's like it's a normal scene. Scene four is when things are sort of coming down. Scene three, we did work a lot of, and we really did we did deliberately spend more time on that and really break it down into its parts and really like talk about uh, one day, I think where the breakthrough happened was dynamics. Like there's four people in the scene, but like everyone has something like we really got into the details of like what everyone is going through and what everyone wants from everyone else. And certain characters know certain things that other characters don't. Um, I don't want to give up too much on the, on the radio right. show, but Certain exactly. characters know certain things that others don't, and uh, uh, I feel in that way I do feel bad for my character now because he seems to know the least out of uh, <laughs> anybody, and he's going to be the victim of it in about 15 minutes when that scene ends. But uh, right. yeah, I think the uh, the directional style was very much aside from you know the blocking and the nuts and bolts. What does everyone want? What everyone know that the other ones don't, and like what attitude you sort of all of us sort of come in with to that scene. Cause there's a lot going on in the buildup and there's a lot that's about to happen during it. Yeah. There's a lot that goes on off stage that we don't see too. So Anya, I'm going to go back to you and ask about the challenges of performing in a hotel. I mean, that was a non-traditional <laughs> space you guys were in. So let's mm-hmm. talk about some of those challenges. So some of the challenges would be that um, we were limited to just um, our backstage. was It was quite small, but we made it work. We had two mirrors um, that we used to do makeup. So um, Katie and I both did our makeup backstage um, on the floor using a floor-length mirror. And um, we also had very tight quarters as far as when we had to do um, scene changes and run to the other side of the building. So um, I I was kind of um, playing jewelry, but I also called myself the stage mom because I helped Katie with um, majority of her dress changes. So what people may not have seen in the audience was that um, on the other side of the building, I would help Katie with her dress changes and make sure that everything was um, on point so that she would able be able to enter into the next scenes fully dressed, um, you know, had all her props in her hand. So I just, in my mind, was always making sure, is Katie okay? Okay, cool. Um, Trying to run to the other side of the building, trying to listen on the other side of the door to make sure, um, you know, me and Isaac and me and Amir um, made sure we got on stage when we needed to. So it was challenges, but I think that it made it unique, and I think that being in the Lowe's Hotel was quite an intimate space um, rather than the audience being in like a 300 to 500 seat theater, it was um, an 80-seat an 80, an 80 room, and you were kind of forced to 
just look right ahead at the space and at the at the scene that was right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, and you got you guys just did a fantastic job. I mean, it was just I was just riveted, and it was like, wow, it's a, it's amazing how much you could do. You know, sometimes the less you have, so like the more you can do. Mhm. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, Per, um, I got to go back to you. So I know you had some talkbacks and things. So, like, what did you have like like any negative feedback from audience members? You know, they thought you were just your character was just awful, or you know, he was should have done this, should have done that. I mean, what what's been some of the the feedback that wasn't so positive? Um, actually, uh, well, I think. I think all of the feedback was really good. I was actually, I will say I was surprised because I thought, okay, there's got to be one person who's going to say, you know, characters had a lot of controversial things, but people were strangely understanding of his situation. And um, so, and and even uh, the lady I was staying with where they had me housed, she came and saw me and she said, uh, you know, I actually feel bad for Parr's character. Now it could be that Parr's living with me and I know him, but I actually felt I actually felt bad for his character. People were very um not only receptive to what the play had to say, but they were very uh insightful in what they got. They said, Yeah, there is a tribal uh you know, there is a sort of tribal instinct that uh people have and I think I remember one audience member made it made a joke and it was funny. It was we, we performed one day on when there was a Saint Patrick's Day parade going on. And um he said something like, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, tribalism in here. Meanwhile, outside, there's a parade going on celebrating, you know, a whole culture thing, and we're having a culture talk in here. And uh, people were, I don't know, people were very warm and receptive to it, and people were very, um, yeah, I don't think anyone had anything negative to say. They, I mean, if people did, they said, like, if they didn't like the characters, they didn't like all five of them equally. Because they said, oh, all five of them have a flaw, <laughs> right? These are five flawed people. But surprisingly, there was no, like, singling out Amir, like, oh, this guy, you know, he did all these things. It was, it was, I was surprised by how much people were more sympathetic to my character than I was. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Katie, what's your take on that? Um, yeah, I... That, that, that was my uh, experience with that as well. I mean, people also felt like kind of like how you're saying, it's like once it, the play got started, it just like shoots off at this like careening speed and then kind of people were like speechless and some people said it felt like raw and didn't really know what to do. Um, one guy said like, you know, you've done your job when the audience feels like they've been like punched in the face or something like that. Um, <laughs> wow. So it, yeah, it really, it had an impact and I think, and I think it's like, the the way that that all the characters were portrayed like they are very flawed they are certainly do like despisable things i like most of them um but are still sympathetic you know like there's there's humor in there there's vulnerability there's mistakes there's all these things that that people can identify with um and i think that's that's part of the power of the play is that it's like the the stakes are so high and the things that happen are so immense, but there's still, you know, there's still things that you can see in them that you could reflect back on yourself. And I think that's part of what, what sort of 
boutique roulé. I think also just sort of for the audiences too, not really having regular access to like some sort of like window into you know what it's like to 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 like go through the world as, in, or like in the United States as someone who comes from like um, an Islamic background or to know what the sort of issues that they deal with on a day-to-day basis. I know a lot of people sort of were kind of floored by that as well. And just to sort of actually see it and, and like live it in that, like those 90 minutes, I think was pretty powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. So Anya, um, looking at Jory's character, I mean, was there ever a time, uh, like a place you worked where you faced some of the same kind of, just vicious office politics like that? I um, have not faced anything exactly similar as far as um, possibly being like the new girl and then getting put ahead um, higher up than someone who has come in before me. But going into this character and trying to um, understand her motives and what drove her and what made her human but what also made her really really flawed um was that i could relate like just try to draw from my work experience where not that i felt competitive but that i felt as a new person um for instance i i taught for two years in calvert county public schools i knew that i had to bring um my a game as a new teacher and that i had to as like i started out teaching as a 22 year old i knew that i had to prove myself more than someone who might have had more tenure than me So in that same aspect, being black and being a black female and coming into a school system and being so young, I knew that I had to make sure that everything was done to the best of my ability, Um, staying after school, making sure I was a part of school activities and making myself known and prominent in the school community Um, and, and trying to be likable and also doing my work at the same time and remaining professional with the students so that I could move my way up. So, um, I think that's where I could draw from um, some some real world things and bring it to jewelry, and um, also you know, kind of I realize she's a good person, but she also has you know some horrible decisions that she has made and some friendships and work friendships that she has ruined trying to step on toes and make it in the corporate world, which I think we all can relate to a little bit at times where maybe without intentionally hurting someone or betraying someone we've done so, but it's kind of been out of our hands or it's gone out of control. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's the way that I could draw upon some jewelry motives. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Parg, now you have a background in comedy. I, you know, watching the play, it, see, you had a good stage presence and it seems like, you used, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you used some of your tools you learned in comedy in this play. I mean, you know, what what, what tools, if any, did you use as far as, you know, uh, crafting your performance from comedy? Uh, uh, well, I would say, yeah, there are, because, I mean, there are, you know, light moments in the play, so there are lines yeah. of humor in them. And uh, so I would say timing is one. There was a line, I mean, I'd, I, I remember like saying lines a certain way because I knew deliberately that the timing would be funny on them and people would hear them and they would like have a yeah. stronger impact too. And then uh, 
actually, um, I had someone come watch. Do you talk about the top break? Someone came and watched, and he uh, came and congratulated me. He said, oh, I do comedy, too. And he's like, I can tell you were a comedian because you were definitely not hard to hear. Uh, you could hear me very loud and clearly. And he said, yeah, you have that comedian presence where you're, like, on stage and making sure everyone hears everything and all that. So I think the timing on some of the lines, I think, you know, seeing the humor where there was. I mean, as we said, we did work on scene three as the serious scene. But we didn't want to start it out as a serious scene because the, so the play starts very pleasant. It starts like it's pleasant. He's in love with his wife. Everything's fine. Then he just played as like a as a normal, you know, husband and wife. It's a it's a sort of a ridiculous thing they're doing. I'm in my boxers in the beginning, which in itself is already, you know, humorous material. So it helps me start off in what is my strength, which is usually comedy, in that I'm in my boxers on stage, having my portrait drawn. Um, and I think it helped in terms of, you know, keeping not only just getting the story across, but even for me as an actor, keeping most of the story light because there will be heavy moments and those do, those are taxing on me when I was in those heavy moments every night when I had to leave, I was like, Oh, this is a lot happening right now. But I think the light moments and the comedy kind of helped me sort of maneuver through to play both as, serving the character and just as an actor. Yeah, and I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that. Man, I'm ready for, uh, who's this guy, Kumail Nanjani. You and him, y'all should get together. I'm ready to see y'all in the comedy together. The guy well, maybe from the big radio stick. Show, uh, here's his radio show. My name's Par, man. <laughs> Hire me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> The Pakistanis taking over Hollywood. <laughs> All right. So we're getting near the end here. So, um, oh, okay. So, um, Katie, I guess I'll start with you. So um, talk about what you got coming up next. <laughs> oh, I don't really have anything in, in the pipeline yet. I've been kind of submerged in this. Um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm seeing blues Friday night. I sing with a band in Annapolis. It's a pit. It's called the pit. It's a smoke out. But otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm on the lookout. You know, I'm I'm still coming down, but um, that's about it for now. All right, all right. Okay, Par, how about you? Uh, as of right now, so. A lot of auditioning. Um, I am, you were talking about comedy. I am trying to, uh, I have, I think, a couple of new stand-up material sets written that I will probably work out before I start performing them places. But, yeah, looking for the next job and also creating my own work right now. So something should be coming in the pipeline soon. Nice. Uh, Anya, how about you? Um, so my main area has been commercial work, so I have been still submitting to um, various commercials and um, will be auditioning for another commercial coming up soon. Um, but I also um, write on the side as well, too. So I just recently had published um, a new piece of work um, called Untold Narratives, um, which speaks on African Americans and um, various disabilities or um, special services they have, that they have received and also how they prevailed through their hardships. And I speak on my hearing loss, which is autosclerosis, um, and how I'm able to um, function in society with a hearing implant. Um, so I, I will still be balancing commercial work 
and writing um, coming up soon. All right. Well, uh, Par, Anya, Katie, it's been a pleasure. I really thank you uh, for spending time with me tonight. Thank you for having us. Thank you us. for having us. <laughs> Thanks, William. You're welcome. All right. Okay, y'all have a great night. Have a good, good one. You too. Have a good night. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember you can book me by emailing me at william400 at yahoo.com. Uh, Facebook Inside Acting Radio Show Listeners and Guest Group. Uh, also on Facebook, William.T.Powell. Also, Instagram, that is William Powell8796. Uh, Twitter, Inside on a Bar Acting. I'm available for premieres, also write reviews, and things of that nature. Also, uh, I'm a journalist, among other things. And when I stop talking, I'm going to be playing a song from our past guest, Terrell Coleman. He's got a song called In the Dark. But in the meantime, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Good night. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.